Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Over the last two months, the two times that I I spoke, we talked about the names of Jesus, specifically the ones that Jesus called himself. And we looked primarily at the I am's in John. And we concluded those, and uh, I'm still tasked with covering the name of Jesus. Uh, But tonight, I've decided to go a slightly different route. Uh, In Philippians 2, beginning in verse 9, give me one second. It said, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. We each possess a name. Some people change their names, but most people possess the name that they were given at birth. Names have meaning. The name Cody means helper. I always thought it meant beautiful, but... Each name has a meaning. And the meaning of that name is significant. When a young man meets a young woman and asks her to marry him, traditionally, she takes his name because there's meaning in that name. So the name of Jesus has great significance. In the text, we are told that the name has great significance and that it's above every other name. And that before it, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord. So when you talk about the name of Jesus, it has great significance. I said the other night, well, I say the other night, it's been almost two months ago. Like I told you Sunday night, when I say the other day, it might be five years, it might have been five months, you know, five weeks ago, but it was the other day to me. The first night we had the class, I, I believe I said there was 107. My, my wife just showed up. I better, better straighten up. Can't talk about her no more. Uh, the 107 names that... Uh, the scripture referred to Jesus. I think that's what I said. It was 107 that I came up with from going through, uh, looking at several lists and comparing and taking away any that I thought overlapped. Tonight I've got a few of them that I want to read for you as we begin this study. Not only is he called Jesus, but he is called Adam, anointed, apostle, author, amen, alpha, ancient of days. He is beginning, begotten, beloved, branch, bread, bridegroom, bride and morning star, 
bishop of our souls, the brightness of the Father's glory. He is captain, consolation, chief cornerstone, counselor, covenant, chosen of God. He is Christ, deliverer, dayspring, the door, desire of all nations, elect, everlasting Father, Emmanuel, the finisher of faith, the forerunner, friend, firstfruits, faithful witness. He is God, the gift of God, the governor, the guide, and glorious Lord. He is help, hope, husband, horn of salvation, hearer, head of the church, heir of all things, high priest, heaven's wonder. He is the Holy One. He is I am, inheritance, image of God's person, immortal, Judah, just, judge, Jesus, King of kings, King of Israel, King of glory, King of everlasting. The life, the light, lily, the love, the lion, the lamb, the lawgiver, the living stone, and the Lord of glory. He is the messenger, the Messiah, the mediator, the master, mighty God. He is a Nazarene, the offspring of David, the Omega, the only begotten of God. He is the priest, the Passover, the potentate, the prophet, the propitiation, the prince of pre- of the prince of life and the prince of peace. He is the physician. He is the righteous, the rabbi, the ransom, the rest, the root of Jesse, the root of David, the refiner, the refuge, the resurrection, the rose of Sharon, the ruler, the redeemer, the rock of ages. He is the stone, shepherd, son of God, son of man, the shield, servant, seed of the woman, Sufferer, Savior, the sinless sacrifice. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The teacher, the truth, the tabernacle, the testator, the treasurer, the tree of life. He is the witness, the word, the way, the wisdom of God, and the wonderful. In words that only the Bible could describe, it says he is the fairest among 10,000. You talk about the name of Jesus. It is such a glorious name. It has so much meaning, so much depth. As we talked about the I Ams, I am the bread of life, talking about the need for food to live, also spiritual food to live spiritually being the door, the way in, being the life, being the light, and all the different meanings that those have are all summed up in Jesus. Of all the names given to man, none is more precious or as sweet as the majestic name of Jesus. I want us to look at the name of Jesus, at the name that every knee should bow and every tongue should confess and talk about the significance of that name. It's a special name. If you look at Matthew 121, when Joseph and Mary were told that they would have a son, in verse 21 it says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 
You know, however you've got your name, it may be a name that has significance to your family. It may be a, you know, a family name, the name of a grandfather or whatever it may be. Nobody in this room can say that Jesus or that your name was picked by God. But the name of Jesus was picked by God. That alone makes his name special. And the meaning of that name, Jehovah, is Savior. The name was picked with significance. In verse 21, when he said, You should call his name Jesus, it said, For he shall save his people from their sins. Denoting the significance of the name. His name is special. It's a name that points back to the Father. The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. The precious sweet name reveals the side of Jesus that many fail to grasp. When you look at the Old Testament, you see God and you see his vengeance. The destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, the flood of the world. But in the preparation of a Savior, you know, John one twenty nine. John saw Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Without getting too far off track, all the verses in the scripture that talk about the preparation that was made for man. God, in his infinite wisdom, knew that man would sin and would need a Savior. And he gave us Jesus. So while many people look at God in the Old Testament and say he's a God of wrath, Jesus shows us that he's a God of love. He is pure and holy. In 1 John 4, He that loveth, and this is verse 8, He that loveth not, Knoweth not God, for God is love. If you look at verse 16, it says, We have known and believed the love that God hath given to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. He gave us a Savior. The name of Jesus denotes his purpose. When the Father sent Jesus into the world, he sent a message to humanity. If you look at, hold on one second. John 14 and verse 9. Jesus speaking 
said, have I been so long with you, or so long time with you, that you hast not, uh, and yet thou hast not, thou know, uh, I'm going to start over. He said, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has sent me, or he that has seen me, has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? In layman's terms, Jesus is saying there, I have not forgotten nor forsaken. I love you and I've given you my son. And he has revealed me to you. In seeing Christ, we see God. We see the love of God. We see the mercy of God and the forgiveness. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the whole world. So it's a special name because it's a name picked by God. And it's a name that points back to the Father and that Jehovah is salvation. It's a name that paints the portrait or a portrait of God. In Luke 19, now, I think in my sermon Sunday, and in my last Bible class, I talked about John 14, 1 through 6. And I said, in both of those, that was my favorite passage in the Bible. Well, I'm going to change my story tonight. Luke 19, 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. As many times as I've said John 14, 1 through 6 is my favorite verse in the passage, I've probably said it about this passage. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The name of Jesus saying that Jehovah is Savior reveals what his mission was, was to seek and save the lost. He came that we might have atonement through the Father, through Him, or to the Father through Him, I guess I should say. He came to be that sacrifice for our sin. In 2 Peter 3, in verse 9, the Bible tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness. It says there that He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When you look at, look at Luke 19.10, it says that he came to seek and save that which was lost. And you look at 2 Peter 3.9, where it talks about he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And you look at 1 John 1.29, when it talks about the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. You see that the invitation through Jesus Christ is open to each and every person. It's not selective. It's not chosen. It's not a few, but the many. The name of Jesus, Jehovah is salvation, is open to all. The question is, who accepts it? Who believes it? Who hears it? 
who bows before it, confesses it, and obeys it. See, when you look at the Old Testament and you hear people talk about the, the God of the Old Testament as if it was a different God than the God of the New Testament, saying He's a God of wrath and fury. When you read Second Peter 3, 9, He is a God of love, a God of compassion, who sent His Son to be that Savior. All he requires is obedience. He wants no man to go to hell. He wants all to be saved. He never wishes that any would be lost. Matthew 25, 41. This text, we see where Jesus was speaking. He's talking about those who will be lost. He said, say, then he shall say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting uh, fire, prepared for the, for the devil and his angels. I take something away from this text. I find meaning in this text. In John 14, 1 through 6, where he says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you that where I am, there you may be also. Speaking of the heavenly reward. In John 14, 1 and following, he said he prepared a place for us. In Matthew 25, 41, he says that the place where the wicked will go was a place not prepared for man, but prepared for the devil and his followers. Heaven is prepared for man if man obeys God. He's not willing that any should perish. 2 Peter 3, 9. He came to seek and save that which was lost. The name of Jesus. When the Father chose the name of Jesus as the one his uh, son would bear during his time of humiliation, he was telling every creature in the universe in one word that his goal was redemption and salvation of mankind. That is what he wanted and what he accomplished in the name of Jesus that man has salvation. So for our first thought tonight on the name of Jesus, it is special because it was handpicked by the Father. It's a name that points back to the Father in that Jehovah is salvation and it paints a portrait of God and that he wants man to be saved. Number two tonight, it's a stainless name. To every other name could be attached a list of good and evil done by that person. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for everything that we've done, whether it be good or bad, right? 
The name of Jesus, however, can only be attributed to good. He was sinless. The perfect sacrifice. Without spot, without blemish. Worthy of honor and praise. When you see it in Scripture, you see that His name is to be reverenced. We're to look at it with humility. When you look at second, no, excuse me, go back. Uh, not second. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, where we were at earlier, said that every knee should bow. It's not a name that we are to puff ourselves up over to think that we are greater than. When I was talking a little while ago and we were talking about the name of Jesus and I said it's a name that's misunderstood by many. They don't understand His name because they don't understand the obedience that they have to that name or they should have to that name. There are those in the world who are so arrogant to think that if I am a good person, God will accept me just because I'm good. There are those who are so arrogant to think that He doesn't exist. That there is no Creator. While there are those who look at the name of Jesus and honor it and understand it and respect it and know the true meaning behind the name of Jesus, there are more who do not. It's a name that we should be humbled before. We should show humility. Every knee should bow. If you look at Revelation chapter 4, verses 7 through 11, if you're taking notes, you can just write these down. I'm not going to flip over there and read them. But 7, 9 through 11, and also 19, 1 through 3, all in Revelation. We see that in heaven, the name of Jesus is praised. He's on the right hand of God. He is our Savior. It's a name that is praised in heaven. It's a name that is praised on earth. For many people, and it's the people that I was talking about just a second ago, those who do not understand what the name of Jesus means. The name Jesus is just a word. This was not an uncommon name in the time that Jesus was born. And if you look in South America, it's not, or uh, Mexico and uh, Latino communities, it's not an uncommon name today. To many people, the word Jesus is just a word, or the name Jesus is just a word. When you're talking about someone other than Jesus the Christ, it's, it's just a name. When you're talking about the Messiah, the chosen of God, the Savior, the light, and all the names we listed earlier, when you're talking about that Jesus, it's more than just a name. It's a name to be praised. It's a name that came in 
lifted the veil of death and the weight of sin and gave man an opportunity for salvation. I can't help, you know, James Andrews was preaching some, I'll just say the other day. It's been several years ago. He was talking about uh, Moses and the Ten Commandments. And he started describing Moses standing before the children, all the, you know, the people, and looking out from Mount Sinai. And the way he talked about it, you almost felt like sitting in this audience that you were there. And one of the things when I study the Bible is I like to take and put myself in the context to the best of my ability. One of my favorite books of the Bible to study is James because it was probably the first written book of the New Testament written to first century Christians who were being persecuted for their faith, who were literally being killed for being Christians. And I think if they could make it, there's nothing I can face that that I can't make. And I like to look at it and and try to understand, is there any significance? You know, when you think about 1 Corinthians 13, where he's talking about love, and he says, though I give my body to be burned. And if you understand the context there, literally burned at the stake. You think, I can make it. And when I think about a verse that we've looked at probably 10 times tonight, uh, John 129, I tried to imagine myself being there, standing shoulder to shoulder with John and seeing Jesus, just walking off in the distance and him uttering the statement, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And I tried to just, I mean, if you go back and you try to put yourself there, just... Imagine the significance of what he realized. It is a name that every knee should bow before and every tongue should confess. He is to be worshipped in heaven and on earth. In Mark 5, verse 6. Jesus here has healed a man possessed by demons, and he says, when he, uh, but when he saw Jesus afar off, uh, he ran and worshipped. Let's, let's go back just a second. Let me. You ever make a reference and then not remember exactly why you tied it exactly? Um, so, verse 2, And when he came out of the ship, immediately there met him, uh, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains, because he had been oft uh, bound with uh, feathers and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken into pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, 
He was in the mountains and the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. In Luke 4, 41. Here you have Jesus healing once again. And the devils also came out of many crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew he was the Christ. If you also look at James chapter 2. Verse 19. He says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. He said, the devils also believe and tremble. Matthew 25, we read where the hell was prepared for the devil and his angels and his followers. Well, while the devil may not be obedient, he does one thing better than a lot of humans do. He recognizes the authority of God and that he is to be worshipped. The demons recognized it. They all recognize it. They know his his majesty, his glory, and his might. The name of Jesus is to be worshipped in heaven, earth, and hell. It's a name to be honored. I don't have as many verses for this one just a reuse of Philippians 2, 9 through 11. When you talk about honor, when you, you ever watched a, now, we don't have kings today in America. We we don't live in a nation where there's kings. Uh, You can look in other countries like England, you got the queen, and they bow before her. They give honor to her. But at the name of Jesus, not only do those who obey him bow, but even those who do not. You saw in Matthew 5, yeah, Mark 5 actually, sorry, Mark 5, where the demon came out. It's a name to be honored. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It's a name to be honored. Before I go any further, has anybody got a comment or a question? I just kind of got going and didn't stop. This is a Bible class, not a sermon. I don't see anything, so I've always... uh, Oh, I'm sorry.
didn't hear everything he said, I won't repeat it all, but he asked, uh, how do we define honor? Or we should define honor. Talked about the reverence, giving to. And, you know, when you think about that, uh, just think about different places you've been in your life. You know, uh, war memorials. Um, have you ever been to the tomb of the unknown soldier? Uh, if you're at the tomb of the unknown soldier and you are not showing the respect that they deem necessary, they will stop, look at you, tell you to correct it, and if you don't, they're going to escort you out of there because they dis- demand that respect and honor at the tomb of the unknown soldier. Um, when you think about the name of Jesus and the honor that we should give to it, you know, I've always thought that, and this is uh, Cody's little soapbox, I guess you'd call it here. Uh, you know, I've been places, and typically when you go to, to faithful congregations, you don't see it as much. Uh, but when we come to church on Sunday mornings to worship God, now, Wednesday night we come and we have a Bible study. I think there's a, there's a difference there. Uh, on Sunday mornings, we come to worship God. We come to sing songs of praise, to study His Word, to pray, to give, and to remember, right, in the Lord's Supper. And you go, you see some people in, in contemporary-style churches, right, uh, have contemporary worship services, and everybody's wearing blue jeans and torn shirts or whatever it may be, and they're not dressing in a way that gives respect. And then you see the same person go to a funeral for somebody, and they're wearing, uh, if it's a man, a suit. I've always thought, why would you give that man more respect at his funeral than you give the Lord on Sunday? It's an attitude of reverence that he is holy and worthy of praise. So when we talk about honor, it's of the utmost respect and reverence. Anybody else? Good comment. If you see any more, you're going to have to point them out because I might miss them. Yes. Jesus should be the thing that we remember the most. All right. My third point tonight. So we talked about it being a stainless name, that it was the name worthy of praise and honor in heaven, earth, and in hell. And we talked about how it was a special name picked by the hand of God that denotes the uh, Father in that Jehovah is salvation and what paints the portrait of God that he wants all men to be saved. So that's a, a quick summary. Now we're talking about it's a saving name. The meaning of the name, and I know some of this is kind of uh, re- repetitive, but if you bear with me. Uh, it's the meaning of the name by the very definition that Jehovah is salvation. It's a saving name. It's an appropriate name for the Lord because it is His name and His name alone and salvation is to be found in Him, by Him, 
through Him. When you look at Romans chapter 6, where we're buried with Him in baptism. To arise in a newness of life. To that old man of sin to be put away. Salvation is found in Him. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby men or we must be saved. Acts 4.12 Jehovah is salvation. John 3. Let me get the right verse. 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. A verse we've already referenced, John 14, 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. First Corinthians 3.11 For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now if any man build upon the foundation Gold, silver, precious... Excuse me, I'm going to stop there. I meant to stop. Uh, The foundation of Christ Jesus. We talked about Luke 68 where uh, Jesus looked at the disciples after everybody else had gone away saying he was teaching hard sayings. He said, will you two also go away now? And he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. In Luke, well, I said 66. Oh, I'm sorry. John 6, 68. Um, in Luke 6, 48. Wait a minute. Verses 48 and 49 of Luke 6, he is like a man which built a house and digging deep and laid a foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man which built without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. The meaning of his name is salvation. In him we have it. Without him we have nothing. The ministry of his name. We've looked at Philippians 2 a lot tonight. I want to back up in Philippians 2. And go to verse 5. I better hurry up. This name, Jesus... The man who climbed Calvary and died for all humbled himself to die a sinner's death. 
Philippians 2, 5, he said, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. And he was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. In the time of the Roman rule, there were hundreds of thousands of men who died upon the cross. But of all them, Jesus is the one who bore the cross to bear the sin of the world. The one that is remembered is the name of Jesus. All others lie in forgotten graves. But the name of Jesus, when he died, died that we might live. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He is that salvation. Yes, sir. So, I had some more, but we're not going to have time to go through all of it. I want to leave you with Isaiah 55, verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The name of Jesus. The name in which salvation is found. Jehovah is salvation. The time to call upon him is before it's too late. Has anybody got a question or a comment? Yes, sir. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.